Hi, Dave Emery here. This is for the record program number 1240. How many lies before you belong to the lies? Part 13. This is being recorded on April 13th of the year 2022. Before we get to the main body of the program, some links. These are at the top of each written food for thought, each food for thought article on the left hand side of the front page and at the top of each written for the record description. I turn each for the record program into an article length description featuring the printed sources from which my lines of argument are taken. At the top of each, there are several links. One of those links will enable you to subscribe to the comments, most of which are made by our brilliant contributing editor, Parafractal, some by other intelligent listeners. And uh, another of those links will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts that are being made by sister station WFMU. So if podcasts are the best way for you to consume the program, sister station WFMU is podcasting the program. Another of those links will enable you to obtain the 32 gigabyte flash drive with the vast bulk of my 43 years on the air, both audio and printed, all of the comments made by Parafract and others, and also a mini library of old anti-fascist books on easy-to-download PDF files. These are all important. In particular, I think the uh, flash drive, I think there is a very disturbing possibility that uh, the war in Ukraine could escalate rather like uh, the mis- calculations that led to the beginning of World War One. I. I think this has the same potential. Uh, one way or another, I think we are at the basic end of our civilization, and I think that listeners have an obligation to obtain that flash drive that's available for a very nominal tax deductible fee. I get no money whatsoever from that, and I think people have an obligation to make themselves a repository of the information that I've been presenting for the better part of half a century, because uh, your successors may wonder just what your descendants may wonder just what in hell happened to this country and to this civilization. Uh, In addition to the comments made by Parafractal and others, I am now doing a Patreon site, that is uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, front slash Dave Emery, capital D-A-V-E, capital E-M-O-R-Y, and uh, I'm doing those several times a week. Uh, in addition to the audio presentations, which are much more informal in format than the ones I do uh, on For the Record programs, I will continue to do the For the Record programs at least one a week. I've been doing more than that since the Ukraine war began. Uh, however, the Patreon presentations are much more informal in uh, the way they're put together, and I think that may make them much more accessible to members of the audience. And also, uh, in addition to the audio files, those are turned into written transcriptions as well using the software. So uh, you know, I should stress, too, that the uh, presentations are much less formal. However, uh, the reference 
to documentary sources is still very much there. So, in addition to the comments made by Perifractal, the Patreon presentations several per week are another way to keep up with what is going on. And those are very much uh, a work in progress. I am going to work out at some point in the not-too-distant future a way of uh, responding to intelligent and substantive listener comments. So uh, do note the Patreon site. Now, uh, the title of the program is How Many Lies Before You Belong to the Lies? That is a quote from the 1976 Heartland biography uh, put out by the brilliant political comedian Mort Saul, who recently passed away. Mort Saul was not incidentally one of Jim Garrison's investigators when the late New Orleans DA was investigating the assassination of JFK. It was uh, looking into the assassination of JFK that I first came across the OUNB, the Ukrainian fascist and Nazi collaborationist elements that uh, are at the foundation, quite correctly, despite all the horrendous Orwellian lies we have been told, they are quite correctly uh, dominant in the contemporary Ukrainian landscape. Uh, Mort Saul noted again in his autobiography, how many lies can, before you belong to the lies, in other words, how many lies can you allow yourself to believe before you belong to the lies? Uh, time permitting during the course of this presentation, and, and very much what is going on is uh, coming down to lies and more lies and who's lying and, and what about. Uh, it is, for me, a thoroughly distressing at one level and utterly nauseating uh, development. And uh, the, the firm that has provided some of the satellite, quote, evidence, unquote, of the alleged atrocities by Russian troops in Bucha is a company that I noted all the way back in August of 2014. And uh, that company was providing very dubious evidence of an overt Russian, quote, invasion, unquote, of Ukraine, featuring armored vehicles and all kinds of things. It turned out there was no such invasion. Interestingly enough, I spoke about that before the record program 808, and this is uh, number 1240, and I called that one Walking the Snake in Ukraine. That's a reference to the Nazi tracked Serpent's Walk, about which I've spoken so many times, in which the uh, Nazis are turned into the good guys to SS capital control of the opinion-forming media, and I uh, subtitled that program, I, I misremembered the more saw, quote, how many lies can you allow yourself to believe before you belong to the lie? That was all the way back in August of 2014, about six months after the Maidan, coup, which we'll be talking about again in this program, but it's worth noting that some of the, some of the liars and uh, dishonest elements by design are the sources from which our, quote, uh, truth, unquote, is coming, at the, as facile as it may sound to some. Uh, the old fable about the little boy who cried wolf is very much uh, at the center of uh, intelligent 
contemplation of what is going on in Ukraine when you know that uh, you are being lied to systematically and have been for a long time, uh, it then is very challenging to determine just what the truth is. Uh, challenging is a euphemism uh, past a point in certain respects, impossible. However, we are definitely being lied to in a profound way. I, I was just struck when I went back and visited the information about the Digital Globe's private satellite marketing company. Uh, its parent company, Maxar, M-A-X-A-R, was providing some of the satellite, quote, evidence, unquote, about the uh, alleged Russian atrocities in Bucha. And uh, it, w- it was really striking to me to see my use not only of uh, the material about Digital Globe, but using uh, as a subtitle the same Mort Saul quote. And this was you know, back in 2014. So here we are. Uh, and uh, ain't we got fun. Uh, beginning the substantive discussion, uh, one of the lies that we have been told that it, it it, it, it's difficult for me to figure out exactly, no, no, not difficult, past a point, impossible to figure out what is going on precisely on the battlefield. I'm simply, you know, I'm not there, and I know we're being lied to. Uh, gauging the whole thing by the fundamental Orwellian distortion of the historical record and the historical and political history of Ukraine right on up through the beginning of the war is being fundamentally perverted in a classic Orwellian memory hole, uh, dis, uh, basically uh, elimination of the truth, uh, the stated Russian war aim of denazification in Ukraine has been treated as absolute lunacy, whereas in fact uh, those Nazi elements are not only well documented and uh, ascendant on the Ukrainian political and national security scene, but they go all the way back to the Third Reich. And again, I first encountered them in connection with the assassination of JFK. And to, to uh, gauge the degree of lying, uh, I would advise uh, younger and or newer listeners to study the assassination of JFK. Uh, that will give you an idea of how credible our media and our government really are. Um, one of the things that has been maintained is that, my God, you know, that any notion that uh, there are Nazis in Ukraine is just paranoia and huge exaggeration by Putin and the Russians and so forth. And one of the focal points of the distortion has been the Azov military uh, formations. We've been told they're not really Nazis. They're just nationalists. Well, <laughs> they're Nazis. And uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum, perhaps, for some people's taste. There was an interesting development this past week. From Consortium News of April 8th of 2022, this is an article by Joe Loria, L-A-U-R-I-A, the editor-in-chief of Consortium News after uh, the late Robert Perry passed away. I'm, I'm suspicious about his cancer death back in 2018. Uh, cancer is a favorite way for the intelligence services to get rid of people. And uh, Robert Perry, who 
whom we will revisit uh, later on in this program time permitting, if not next week, uh, is one of the few people who hasn't pulled punches about the Nazis in Ukraine. But this article is titled, Outrage as Azov Nazi Addresses Greek Parliament. And it uh, notes quite correctly, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been making a virtual world tour with video hookups to parliaments around the globe, as well as to the Grammy Awards and the UN Security Council, sometimes with troublesome results, as, as is the case with this one. On Thursday, a major row erupted when Zelensky brought along a Ukrainian soldier of Greek heritage from the city of Mariupol, who just happened to be a member of the neo-Nazi Azov Regiment. Greece was under Nazi occupation during World War II and fought a bitter partisan war against Nazism, later to be betrayed by Britain and the U.S. By the way, the story of uh, the Greek partisans retaking uh, Greece from the Nazis. The British officially reconquered it. They lost a total of four men killed in that, quote, reconquest, unquote. They then turned on the Greek partisans and a civil war resulted with Britain and the U.S. basically tilting the uh, scales decisively against the Greek partisans. And uh, uh, the fascist elements, the Greek fascist elements who were uh collaborating with the Nazis, were subsequently formed into the stay-behind units that were put together by NATO, basically fascist guerrillas who were in uh, the various NATO countries and who were uh, tasked with combating a, a either a communist takeover or a Russian invasion. In fact, they were used for terrorism, assassination, and many other things, as we have looked at in connection with our many programs about the Operation Gladio and the strategy of tension in Italy and elsewhere. Uh, this last paragraph again. On Thursday, a major row erupted when Zelensky brought along a Ukrainian soldier of Greek heritage from the city of Mariupol, who just happened to be a member of the neo-Nazi Azov Regiment. Greece was under Nazi occupation during World War II and fought a bitter partisan war against Nazism, leaving to be betrayed by Britain and the U.S., by the way, again, that's AFA number one, in which the uh, World War II goings-on in Greece are documented. Continuing, Alex Tsipras, T-S-I-P-R-A-S, leader of the main opposition party Syriza Progressive Alliance, blasted the appearance of the Azov fighter before Parliament. The speech was a provocation. He said Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, quote, bears full responsibility. He talked about an historic day, but it is an historical shame. Former Greek Prime Minister Antonis Samaras, S-A-M-A-R-S, called the video being played in Parliament a big mistake, unquote. Former Foreign Affairs Minister Nikos Kotsias, K-O-T-Z-I-A-S, said, quote, The Greek government irresponsibly undermined the struggle of the Ukrainian people by giving the floor to a Nazi. The responsibilities are heavy. The government should publish a detailed report of preparation and contacts for the event. The socialist 
Kinor, K-I-N-A, I'm probably butchering many of these Greek pronunciations, the Socialist Kinor Party issued a statement asking why Greek lawmakers had not been informed about the video intervention of an Azov battalion member and called on the president of the Greek parliament to bear responsibility. Ignoring Greece's suffering under German Nazism was a slight made worse by bringing a Nazi along to address Greek lawmakers. Zelensky has gotten into trouble before by referring to a nation's history in his addresses to Parliament. He caused outrage in Israel for comparing what Ukraine is going through today to the Holocaust, while completely ignoring the role Ukrainian fascists played in that Holocaust, or uh, celebrations of same by the uh, contemporary Ukrainian governments. In his address to the UN Security Council on Tuesday, Zelensky said Russia had committed the worst war crimes since World War II, ignoring the much bigger crime of aggression by the U.S. against Iraq built totally on lies. Just as Western governments and corporate media are doing, the Ukrainian embassy in Athens denied Atsov as a neo-Nazi regiment, despite sporting the Waffen-SS Wolfsangel on their uniforms and their open alignment with Nazism. Western media have largely ignored the story. Neither the New York Times nor the Washington Post wrote anything about what happened at the Greek Parliament and the Wall Street Journal only ran a photo story that didn't mention the controversy. Uh, it is interesting, too, to note that, uh, uh, although I, I, in my haste, I left this out, uh, the former finance minister, Yamos, uh, no, it's not in here. Anyway, he, he turned the whole thing. Yamas Ferifakis, I'm, I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name, turned the whole thing uh, a Nazi fiesta, which is uh, worth taking note of. I will include that. I'm a little embarrassed that I forgot to uh, put this in the uh, excerpts that I have read. It's in the main body of the article, which will be in the written description for for the record. But I neglected to put this in uh, the... Oh, here it is. Okay. Former Finance Minister Yanis Farafakis's MERA25 party said the event turned into a Nazi fiesta, unquote. Uh, indeed, one could perhaps say that that was true of the... Uh, entire uh, post-Maybaum government, and indeed the Maybaum itself, something we will be revisiting, uh, has been uh, improperly investigated. Boy, is that a polite term. There are, in fact, apparent connections between some of the elements used uh, at the operational uh, level in the Maybaum provocations, and some of the apparent war crimes that were committed against Russian prisoners in the vicinity of Bucha. But again, do note that article uh, by uh, Joe Loria in Consortium News. And as he notes, the uh, Western media have almost no discussion of this in their... uh, Well, it, it basically has not been covered. The New York Times did not cover it. The Washington Post didn't cover it, and uh, the Wall Street Journal only ran a photo story that did not mention the controversy. So, uh, 
the selective processing and presentation of information, and that's how really you, <laughs> boy, am I euphemizing. It continues. Uh, we're going to talk about lying, about truth, about presentation of information. Uh, I want to uh, remind listeners of the information presented in the last two programs, in particular last week. Uh, when talking about war crimes, bear in mind the very disturbing information that COVID-19 was developed by this country, 20 million dead and counting, including a million, well, not a million, but uh, 900,000 plus in the U.S. proper. That, as war crimes goes, uh, completely overshadows even the uh, most extravagant claims made about what Russia is alleged to have done, and there is a great deal uh, of evidence that uh, those charges need to be very carefully uh, examined. I would note, too, that Russia has been pushing for a United Nations investigation of what happened in Bucha, but to date the West has blocked that. I don't think one need be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what that means. Some of the best coverage of the Ukraine war, perhaps that could be considered damning with faint praise, but they've been doing a very good job. Uh, the Gray Zone website has had some uh, very good articles about what has taken place. Uh, do note that in places like Bucha and Mariupol, the aforementioned Nazi Azov military formations have been primary in the defense and military operations on the Ukrainian side in those cities. And those and related elements like the Georgian Legion that we're going to talk about in a few minutes uh, are, again, at the very epicenter of the military operations in the areas where war crimes charges are coming from. We spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, some very interesting information about the, quote, bombing, unquote, by Russia of the drama theater in Mariupol. There also was another alleged atrocity in which a maternity hospital was hit. And in this article by Kit Clarenberg, first name K-I-T, last name K-L-A-R-E-N-B-E-R-G, from the gray zone of April 3rd of 2022. He points out not only that Ukrainian military forces, uh, Azov in particular, were using the maternity hospital as a uh, military, uh, if not a base of operations. They were certainly present there and doing things there, which would make it uh, a military target if that became known to the Russians. But beyond that, maybe the most important part of this story concerns the fusing of the Azov and Maidan-linked elements with the as the uh, associated press, both at the photographic and at the journalistic level. Uh, so to an extent, what we're seeing here is uh, basically the AP being embedded, unquote, with Azov, somewhat uh, reminiscent of the uh, fusing of reactionary Ukrainian elements uh, with the BBC that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. And in turn, the BBC's 
uh, very close liaising with British intelligence and thereby compromising uh, their journalistic objectivity. This article, again by Kip Clarenberg from the Grey Zone of April 3rd, 2022, new witness testimony about Mariupol Maternity Hospital airstrike, unquote, follows pattern of Ukrainian deceptions and media malpractice. This reads in part as follows. In a video reviewed by the Grey Zone, which began circulating via telegram April 1st, Maria Vyshegkoskaya, V-I-S-E, V-I-S-H-E-G-I-R-S-K-A-Y-A, and again, I'm sure that I'm butchering these Ukrainian names. I'm just going to do the best I can. In the video above reviewed by the Grey Zone, which began circulating via Telegram April 1st, Maria Vyshkurskaya offers a clear and detailed account of what took place on and in the days leading up to March 9th. The witness begins by noting how many residents of Mariupol attempted to evacuate following Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February 24th, but says authorities ensured it was, quote, impossible to leave, unquote. Uh, that obviously raises more questions than it answers, but certainly if, if civilians are attempting to evacuate a war zone, a very <laughs> understandable thing, and if they are blocked from evacuating, that certainly uh, devolves a certain degree of responsibility for any casualties that result from that on the government that blocks the that uh, evacuation. I'm continuing. Uh, continuing here. On March 6th, with the birth of her child impending, she checked into maternity hospital number three, the city's most modern facility. She was not there long before the Ukrainian military arrived and evicted all the hospital's patients as they sought access to the building's solar panels, one of the last remaining sources of electricity in the besieged city. We were then moved to the only small maternity hospital left. This quoting uh, Ms. Uh, uh, this, this is, uh, Ms. V, I'll call her, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna, not further embarrass myself by butchering her, uh, Ukrainian name. Again, quoting Ms. V, we were moved to the only small maternity hospital left. It had only one small generator. Husbands of women in labor settled in the basement and cooked meals for us on the street. Residents of neighboring houses also brought us meals, unquote, Ms. V says. Quote, one day soldiers came. They didn't help with anything. They were told the food is for women. How could they ask for it? They replied they hadn't eaten in five days, took our food, and said, you can cook some more, unquote. The next day, the soon-to-be mothers heard a shell explode outside. Ms. V instinctively, unquote, covered herself with a duvet, but still shattered glass from a nearby window cut her lip, nose, and forehead, though she says it was nothing serious, unquote. After the second explosion, we got evacuated to the basement, unquote, uh, Ms. V recalled. We proceeded to discuss whether it was an airstrike. They said it was no airstrike, so our, our opinion got confirmed. We didn't hear the airplane. They didn't hear it either. They told us it was a shell. After the first 
two explosions, there were no other explosions. As she waited, she noticed, quote, a soldier with a helmet, unquote, taking pictures of her and demanded that he stop. Back upstairs, the same individual began filming her and others again, refusing to stop until his subjects had demanded several times he do so. Ms. V's husband later told her the man was not a soldier, but an Associated Press correspondent, one of many on the scene at the time. She believes these journalists had been there from the beginning, unquote, as they were ready and waiting outside to snap the woman being led away on a stretcher, the first to emerge from the building in the wake of the shell attack as soon as she came out, unquote. The next day, after her baby was delivered by a cesarean section, the same Associated Press staffers interviewed her, asking her to describe what happened. They inquired point-blank if an airstrike had taken place, to which she responded, No, even the people that were on the streets didn't hear anything, nor did anyone else. Later, when she was in safer living conditions, unquote, Ms. V began scouring the Internet, attempting to track down the interview. She found everything else, unquote, the Associated Press staffers recorded, but not her denials that an airstrike had occurred. Skipping down. The AP's initial report by Evgeny Maloletka, M-A-L-O-L-E-P-K-A, on the March 9th incident provided the primary foundation and framing for all mainstream coverage thereafter. It categorically asserted that the hospital was targeted by a deliberate airstrike which, quote, ripped away much of the front of one building in the hospital complex and left nearby streets strewn with burning and mangled cars and trees shattered, unquote. The report suggested that the heinous act was a testament to Russia's invasion force, quote, struggling more than expected, unquote. Countless Western news outlets recycled this content with particular emphasis on the claimed airstrike, unquote. These outlets served as eager conduits six days later when the Associated Press issued a follow-up revealing that the pregnant mother being stretched out of the hospital had died, as had her unborn child. A doctor stated her pelvis had been crushed and, quote, hit detached, unquote, which the agency attributed to the hospital having been bombarded, unquote, by the Russian Air Force. In a televised address that evening, Zelensky claimed three individuals, including a child, had been slain via airstrike, unquote, while others remained trapped under rubble. The next day, though, the Netsk regional government Pavlo Kirienko said zero deaths had been confirmed and there were no confirmed injuries among children. Again, uh, as with the drama theater, the accounts of casualties are dramatically different and, and very erratic, obviously raising uh, questions about just what is going on here. Mr. Maloletka, however, whom we're going to revisit, uh, appears to be 
certainly networked with the Azov regiments, uh, the Azov combatants, and also apparently is uh, has a track record going back to the Maidan coup and was sympathetic to the Maidan forces. More about those later. Speaking of Mr. Mal, actually, uh, continuing here. By contrast, numerous media outlets have since reported or at least heavily implied that several children were killed and their bodies deposited in the aforementioned mass graves on the outskirts of, unquote, of Mariupol. We know about these supposed mass graves thanks to Associated Press correspondent Evgeny Maloletka, who has published photos and authored articles detailing their construction. Again, the, the they're referring to the mass graves. His content has been widely repurposed by other Western outlets, the grim images traveling far and wide. Malawepka also happened to be an eyewitness to the maternity hospital incident. He took the infamous shot of the pregnant woman being stretched out of the building. Malawepka, in fact, has managed to place himself in the vicinity of many dramatic events instantly portrayed as titanic Russian war crimes. A glowing March 19th Washington Post profile of Maloletka praised him for sharing, quote, the horror stories of Mariupol with the world, unquote. The article described the Ukrainian as a, quote, long-time freelancer, unquote, for Associated Press, previously covering the Maidan Revolution and conflicts in Crimea, unquote, for the agency. The agency, again, the Associated Press. There was no mention of the fact that Maloletka was a fervent supporter of the, quote, revolution, unquote, however, that being Maidan. Maloletka frames the U.S.-backed regime change operation as a courageous fight against corruption and social injustice, unquote, while making no reference to both the Maidan protesters and their leadership being riddled with neo-Nazis. This may be relevant to consider given that Maloletka has also been a key source of photos of training provided to Ukrainian civilians by Azov Battalion. There can be little doubt he has been in extremely close quarters with the neo-Nazi regiment since the war began. One more time. He frames, that is to say Maloletka, frames the U.S.-backed regime change operation as a courageous fight against, quote, corruption and social injustice, unquote, while making no reference to both the Maidan protesters and their leadership being riddled with neo-Nazis. This may be relevant to consider, given that Maloletka has also been a key source of focus of training provided to Ukrainian civilians by Azov Battalion. There can be little doubt he has been in extremely close quarters with the neo-Nazi regiment since the war began. So, by the way, has Volodymyr Zelensky, as we have seen. Continuing. Maloletka's protection, that of his Associated Press co-workers and their collective ability to provide Western media an unending deluge of atrocity propaganda can only be guaranteed through the Azov Battalion, the primary defense force in Mariupol. There, this has obvious ramifications for the objectivity 
and the liability of all Associated Press coverage of the war. Now, we'll let this in the one more time, because this is fundamental. And uh, again, building that Bucha and uh, Maria Pohl, uh from which most of the atrocity allegations have taken place, uh, are basically under Azov uh, domination. Maloretka's protection and that of his associated press co-workers and their collective ability to provide Western media an unending deluge of atrocity propaganda can only be guaranteed to the Azov Battalion, the primary defense force in Mariupol. This has obvious ramifications for the objectivity and reliability of all Associated Press coverage of the war. As the Grey Zones, Max Blumenthal revealed in his investigation of the suspicious March 16th Mariupol theater incident, Associated Press published photos of the site bearing the Azov Battalion's watermark and a link to the neo-Nazi unit's telegram Channel Again, basically, something of a fusing of the AP, the Associated Press, with the Azov. Continuing. The dubious narrative of the explosion at the Mariupol Theater bears strong similarities to the official version of the maternity hospital incident, particularly the wildly conflicting estimates of casualties, and purported presence of the same people at both sites. Sky News alleged March 26th that pregnant women rescued from the maternity hospital had been moved to the drama theater, quote, through safety, unquote, being coincidentally housed at exactly the point, unquote, later said to have been bombed by Russian forces of all places. The perishing of eyewitnesses to the real events of the maternity hospital is convenient both for the Associated Press and the Azov Battalion alike. After all, dead people tell no tales. Having anyone able to testify to the -the on-the-ground reality of incidents such as the dubious theater bombing or the maternity hospital, quote, airstrike, unquote, is inherently problematic to the Ukrainian cause, unquote. And though the AP has had reporters on the ground in Ukraine throughout the conflict with Russia, the organization remains silent about transgressions unfolding right before the eyes of its staff. Case in point, the presence of an AP photographer at the hospital gave it a front row seat for the Azov Battalion's occupation of the facility and the transformation of the site into a base of operations, making it a military target. But the agency avoided any mention of this critical piece of context, showing Western audiences what Azov Battalion wants them to see. Within hours of Russia's withdrawal from Bucha on March 31st, its mayor announced that his city had been liberated from Russian orcs, unquote, employing a dehumanizing term widely used by the Azov Battalion. An accompanying article, and this again is about Bucha, an accompanying article noted the Russians had, quote, mined civilian buildings and infrastructure, unquote, but yet no mention was made of any mass killings of local citizens, 
let alone scores of corpses left in the street, which one might reasonably expect would be top of any news outlet's agenda when reporting on the event. One more time. An accompanying article an accompanying article noted that the Russians had, quote, mined civilian... Let me read the whole, the whole passage again. Within hours of Russia's withdrawal from the Bucha on March 31st, its mayor announced that his city had been liberated from Russian orcs, unquote, employing a dehumanizing term widely used by Azov Battalion. An accompanying article noted that the Russians had, quote, mined civilian buildings and infrastructure, unquote, but no mention was made of any mass killing of local citizens, let alone scores of corpses left in the street, which one might reasonably expect would be at the top of any news, la- any news outlet's agenda when reporting on the event. One more time. An accompanying article noted the Russians had mined, quote, civilian buildings and infrastructure, unquote, but no mention was made of any mass killing of local citizens, let alone scores of corpses left in the street, which one might reasonably expect would be at the top of any news outlet's agenda when reporting on the event. On April 2nd, within hours of the publication of photos, and videos purporting to show victims of an alleged Russian massacre, Ukrainian media reported that specialist units had been, quote, clearing the area of saboteurs and accomplices of Russian troops, unquote. One more time. On April 2nd, within hours of the publication of photos and videos purporting to show victims of an alleged Russian massacre, Ukrainian media reported that specialist units had been clearing the area of saboteurs and the accomplices of Russian troops, unquote. Nothing was said about dead bodies in the streets. The National Police of Ukraine announced that day that they were, quote, cleaning the territory from the assistance of Russian troops, unquote publishing video that showed no corpses in the streets of Bucha and Ukrainian forces in full control of the city at that time. A clip of the reported cleanup operation, unquote, published by Sergei Korotkik, K-O-R-O-T-K-I-K-H, a notorious neo-Nazi Azov member, shows one member of his unit asking another if he can shoot, quote, guys without blue armbands, unquote, referring to those without the marking worn by Ukrainian military forces. The military, the, the militant, stridently responds, F blank, 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 yeah. Korotkik has since deleted the video, perhaps fearing it implicated his unit in a war crime. As Zelensky has made clear, Ukrainian forces are desperate for direct Western intervention, in particular the so-called closing of the sky, unquote. With compelling but highly questionable atrocity propaganda filtering from media operations of the Azov Battalion in combination with the Associated Press, public pressure for a major escalation is rising. 
Well, it is a couple of things in connection with that uh, article. Uh, bear in mind something we looked at in, uh, for the record, 1230. We've looked at it many times in the past, but the uh, Ukrainian National Police uh, bear the imprint of a guy named Vadim Troyan, V-A-B-I-M-T-R-O-Y-A-M, who was the deputy commander of the Azov Battalion. He then was appointed a top aide to the Interior Minister of Ukraine. Note also that the National Drzhina Militia, a subsidiary of the Azov uh, Regiment, has police powers in 21 different Ukrainian cities, as well as being election monitors in 2019 for Zelensky's election. Note also that the Svoboda organization's Combat 14 militia, taking their name for the 14 words, an international Nazi slogan minted by one of the uh, heroes of that movement, uh, the late David Lane, who drove the getaway car uh, in the assassination of Denver talk show host Alan Berg by the Nazi group The Order. Uh, these are representative of police organizations in Ukraine and the We'll see if we have time, but, but but we should note that the Ukrainian government itself has dramatically restricted the access that uh, news organizations had to their forces and to the front in general. Note in the article that we just read by Kit uh, Klarenberg from the Gray Zone, note uh, Mr. Maloletka and uh, his connection both with the Maidan atrocities and also note the close working relationship between the Associated Press and the Azov uh, combatants. That is something that has to be factored in as we hear about uh, what is going on. And, you know, the Cliche, it almost, I feel a little sickened even talking about war itself is a terrible thing. Duh. Uh, when you get ground combat, uh, in particular, guerrilla warfare, you are going to get not only a lot of dead bodies, you're going to get some uh, bitter and traumatized people, and there will always be to a certain extent breakdowns of military discipline on both sides. But the Azov combatants and the related formations in the Ukrainian military have a history of not only of uh, reckless uh, shooting at civilians. Recall in an earlier program in this series, uh, people who were attempting to flee Mariupol and other uh, refugees were actually fired upon and killed by Azov members, in particular in Mariupol. Ethnic Greeks attempting to flee the city's carnage were shot and killed by some of the Azov combatants. What we're going to look at next, uh, time permitting, uh, we'll certainly get into it, I don't know if we'll have time to finish it, and that concerns the Georgian region. This is another of the combatant elements in Ukraine, obviously composed of ethnic Georgians. They have been quite candid about committing war crimes, uh, basically shooting any Russian POWs. Uh, One of the interesting things, however, is not only their cozy networking with members of the U.S. Congress, but the indications that the Georgian Legion may very well have had participation in the false 
flag sniper shootings at the Maidan. Mr. Maloletka was one of the people who covered that. He was working for AP back then, and AP and Azov Battalion in the current war. And uh, it may be that the Georgian Legion uh, was one of the elements in the Maidan uh, slaughter that helped to perpetrate the false flag sniper killings. We've talked about that at some length in the past. This article, also from the Gray Zone, by Alexander Rubenstein, or Rubenstein, uh, from May 8th of 20, uh, from April 8th, excuse me, of uh, 2022, U.S. lawmakers welcome notorious Georgian warlord now boasting of war crimes in Ukraine. And excerpting this, while Western media pundits howled about images of dead bodies in the city of Bucha, echoing Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's accusation that Russia is guilty of, quote, genocide, unquote, they have largely overlooked the apparent admission of atrocities by an avowed ally of the U.S. who was welcomed on Capitol Hill by senior lawmakers overseeing congressional foreign policy committees. Having fought in four wars against Russia, and despite allegations that he played a leading role in the massacre of 49 protesters in Kiev's Maidan Square in 2014, Mamulashvili, M-A-M-U-L-A-S-H-V-I-L-I, has taken multiple trips to the U.S. where he received a warm welcome from members of Congress, the New York Police Department, and Ukrainian diaspora community. In an interview this April, Mamulashvili was asked about the video showing Russian fighters who had been extrajudicially ed- executed in Dmitrovka, a town just five miles from Bucha. Mamulashvili was candid about his unit's take-no-prisoners tactics, though he has denied involvement of the specific crimes depicted. Quote, We will not take Russian soldiers, as well as Kabirovites, Shepsinian fighters. In any case, we will not take prisoners. Not a single person will be captured, Mamalashvili said, implying that his fighters execute POWs. And note the following. This is something we don't hear about, basically. An awful lot of things we don't hear about. Western governments continue to block a Russian request for a United Nations investigation into alleged massacres in Bucha, where scores of corpses were photographed following the Russian withdrawal from the city, some with hands bound and shot execution style, as Mamalashvili described doing the prisoners. One more time, because this gets no coverage, basically, in this country. Western governments continue to block a Russian request for a United Nations investigation into alleged massacres in Bucha, where scores of corpses were photographed following the Russian withdrawal from the city, some with hands bound and shot execution style, as Mamalashvili has described doing to prisoners. While the events in Bucha have become a source of outrage and heated contention, a clear case of war crimes by Ukrainian forces which took place just five miles down the road on March 30th as Russian troops withdraw has received a more muted response despite coverage by the New York Times. 
So would they think the ambush is success. This is an ambush of uh, withdrawing Russian forces. The videographer calls the attention of his fellow soldiers, Georgians, Belgravia boys. Belgravia refers to a nearby housing complex from which some of the non-Georgian fighters presumably hail. Look, he is still alive, one of the fighters says, as a Russian lies in a pool of blood. He was then shot three times at close range. The most deadly incident during the 2013-2014 riots and protests on Kiev's Maybound Square that eventually led to the ouster of Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych was the massacre of 49 demonstrators on February 20th of 2014. The incident galvanized international outrage against Yanukovych and weakened his government's negotiating position, yet it remains shrouded in intrigue. During the color revolution on the Maidan, Mamalashvili rallied his old war buddies to take up Ukraine's cause. Near the central square, his group was reportedly, quote, told to ensure order so that there were no drunks to maintain discipline and identify rabble-rousers sent in by the authorities, unquote. Mamalashvili's former comrades told Russian media that he eventually told them, quote, it is necessary to create chaos on the Maidan using weapons against any targets, protesters, and police. No difference, unquote. President Volodymyr Zelensky himself has described the killings on the Maidan as, quote, the most complicated case in our country, unquote, noting that the crime scene was tampered with and documents had mysteriously disappeared. International bodies also remain befuddled. While the NATO-funded Atlantic Council think tank has described the matter as, quote, unsolved, unquote, the UN has noted that, quote, justice remains elusive, unquote. Today, some researchers point to Mamalashvili and his Georgian legionnaires as key suspects behind the mysterious killings. Ivan Kachanowski, a professor of political science at the University of Ottawa, is among those who believe Mamalashvili's allies were likely among those who fired on protesters for buildings over Maidan Square, generating bloodshed that was ultimately blamed on Ukraine's then-government. Testimonies by several Georgian self-admitted members of Maidan sniper groups for the Maidan massacre trial and investigation and their interviews in American, Italian, and Israeli TV documentaries and Macedonian and Russian media are generally consistent with findings of my academic studies of the Maidan massacre, Kaczynowski commented to the Grey Zone. Mamalashvili's multiple trips to the U.S., have offered him the opportunity to attend events at the Ukrainian Embassy in Washington, give talks at St. George Academy, a Ukrainian Catholic school in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and hold forth in an interview with the Washington Office of U.S. Government Voice of America in 2015. And again, there's more coverage here of the Georgian Legion. Uh, I will repeat much of this article in our next program. But I want to uh, take time here just to review an aspect of the Maidan uh, false flag sniper shootings. Uh, 
the commandant of the Maybaum was none other than Andrew Parabui, as we have seen, of the party that eventually became Svoboda, the parent organization of the Combat 14 militia. And as we looked at last week and the week before, uh, the communication between then U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, and Andrew, Par- Andrew Parabli was, quote, hourly, unquote, according to then U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. Obviously, if Biden was in a position to uh, give that kind of account, he himself was very much in the mix. And Biden, as Vice President, was in charge of U.S. relations with Ukraine, which puts Hunter Biden and his now confirmed emails from his laptop uh, in a very, very interesting light indeed. Uh, the, the, the discussion of war crimes and uh, the charges of lying and falsification that are flying about in connection with the war there, to me that pales by comparison. Again, uh, in the long series titled The Oswald Institute of Virology, I chronicled the very compelling and incredibly disturbing evidence that, in fact, uh, COVID-19 and the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes it are the direct result and the deliberate result of the U.S. biological warfare program. And uh, there is the most profound overlap between the Pentagon Finance Biological Laboratories in Ukraine, including the Methabiata, uh, quote, science project, unquote, being realized through the Ihor Kolomoyskoy Finance Burisma natural gas firm, and that was expedited by Hunter Biden. As I've said, I think it was the biological labs and the certain awareness on the part of Russian intelligence and the support, by the way, given to them by China. I think that was the deciding factor in convincing uh, Putin to go into Ukraine. Uh, the, the evidence suggests very strongly uh, that the biological warfare of that type of weapon of mass destruction has already been deployed and might very well be, be deployed against Russia, too. Again, we'll come back to uh, the Georgian Legion and uh, the Maidan false flag shootings. I will put a link to a very convincing video that uh, Professor Kachanovsky has put together showing the uh, in, in the exhaustive detail from where the fatal sniper fire that killed both protesters and police came from in the Maidan. However, that will have to remain uh, till next program. Well, I'll put the link in this one. Uh, we're going to continue with information about the sources for uh, atrocities. And again, it's very interesting. Uh, we haven't that had time here, but going back to Fourth of Record 808, do remember in, in uh, supplemental information about this and other topics is available on the Patreon site, patreon.com, front slash Dave Emery, capital B-A-V-E, capital E-M-O-R-Y. This concludes for the record program number 1240, How Many Lies Before You Belong to the Lies, part 13. I'm Dave Emery. This is being recorded on April 13th of 2022. Have fun.